thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is That Paleo Show with your hosts, Stephanie Wozalik, Dr. Yana James, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Stephanie Waslick. I'm Dr. Yana James. And I'm Dr. Brett Hill. Today we're going to be talking about intermittent fasting, and it's not a stretch to see how that can be paleo, I guess. So we're kind of excited to be talking about it today. It's something we've all been experimenting with a little bit, and uh, we're going to kind of share some of our thoughts with you today. Yeah, and you're right, it does. It just makes sense from a paleo perspective, doesn't it? Like, I always like to think, well, if you were a hunter, then chances are sometimes you're not going to catch anything, right? So it makes sense that maybe you wouldn't have been eating as consistently as we do now. Like, you didn't have the supermarket, you couldn't just rock down to the shops and get something to eat really easily. <laughs> and also, you didn't have things like refrigeration, right? So it's not like you can just catch something and keep it overnight and, you know, like, where are you going to keep it? Where are you going to store it? How are you going to keep it fresh till morning? So, you know, breakfast becomes kind of a whole different kettle of fish doesn't it if you actually don't have any way of storing stuff and maintaining stuff so it does make sense that maybe they weren't eating like the three square meals a day that we're taught that are absolutely necessary or five or five Five square meals or whatever it is that they reckon we're supposed to be doing and and perhaps we'll talk about why that is that they reckon we're supposed to be doing that a bit later but it makes sense that we weren't doing that and eating that consistently and that regularly both from a convenience factor and just from a food availability factor. Yeah, definitely. I, in terms of food availability, I went from living in Sydney to living in Adelaide. And in Sydney, you can go to the supermarket at any point in time, <laughs> move to little cosy Adelaide, and that's not the case anymore. Shops kind of close at a reasonable hour. And uh, so that was probably my first brush with intermittent fasting was realizing that I couldn't actually get any food if I hadn't planned myself yeah. out. You're so. just like you didn't move to Perth with Lawrence. I think they've only just got Sunday trading. Wait, <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I know for me, definitely fasting just became a natural part of um, my eating strategy because I just wasn't hungry. And one of the one of my transitions into eating healthier and cleaner and just eating real food was um, to only eat when I was hungry and stop when I was full. Whereas before that, I had a behavior of it's dinner time, I have to eat and I have to gorge myself on everything I've created and then I'll be bloated and feel horrible, but at least I won't feel hungry. Um, certainly with PCOS, that was one of the things I noticed was I always felt hungry. And now I look back, I realized that it was actually a blood sugar management issue. And what I've been doing, what I've been told wasn't the appropriate thing to help me with my hormonal dysregulation. So Long story short, fasting um, has been fascinating for me and really, really good. I know Steph's definitely... Um, oh, well, of- yeah, it changed my... Paleo really just changed my lifestyle completely because we've talked in so many other episodes about the food that we eat now is just so much more satiating than it's ever been before, but it's also much, much, much lower in sugar. And so we, we will touch on, um, on the needs of, of, your, of your body for sugar later, I think, but... I guess once I decreased the amount of sugar that I was eating, I wasn't having those sugar crashes, which manifested themselves in hunger um, throughout the day. So I wasn't needing, now I don't need to eat those five meals a day anymore. Um, I don't need to carry around snacks with me everywhere I go. I don't need to worry that in a grocery store I'm going to pass out. Not that I've ever done that, but it feels like I've been very close to passing out in grocery stores before just because you get hungry and anxious and your blood sugar starts to drop. And um, 
not just in grocery stores, pretty much any situation, really. Yeah. I don't like to stand in long lines because you just might run out of food. And, <laughs> you know? So so literally paleo changed my life in that respect. It's, it's more of a freedom now. Um, and like Yana, eating when you're hungry is certainly part of the strategy. But for me, I, I still like to eat. I still do eat, for the most part, three meals a day. But I like the fact that I don't have to eat those three meals yeah. a day. It's yeah. very liberating. And, and that's kind of the interesting perspective for me, I guess, is I'm probably a bit different again, where like I always grew up and I've always been pretty lean, like always been pretty skinny. And so I was always getting like hassled to eat three meals a day. It's like you have to eat. Like, you know, I remember going around to like friends' houses and they're like, grandmas would be there like making me food, you know, like eat, eat, because they're just like, they're just looking at me thinking I'm fading away. But I've always just been naturally skinny, so I was always just badger, like you have to eat three meals a day. If you don't eat three meals a day, you're not going to function, your brain's not going to work properly, you won't be able to do this, you won't be able to play sport, you know, all of those sort of things. And so I'd always kind of eaten just because I thought I had to, and everyone had always told me I had to. And it was kind of when I discovered paleo and started sort of playing around with this intermittent fasting thing, I kind of went, actually, I don't have to do that. Like, it actually doesn't, like, my body functions fine without it. In fact, my body seems to function better if I, you know, skip meals every now and then and just eat when I feel hungry. And so, actually, probably what really, you know, I, I think I'd kind of played around with this really, um, you know, incidentally for a while. Like, I'd sort of just, you know, sometimes not eaten, mostly because I'm just lazy, I think. And sometimes I'm like, I just can't be bothered, I just won't worry about it. But, and, and other times, just because I'm like literally a combination of lazy and forgetful, like it wouldn't be uncommon when I was younger for me just to get to dinner and go, and mum would be like, so what have you eaten today? And I'd be like, uh, actually, now that you mention it, nothing. Right? <laughs> and that was just, for me, that was just kind of normal. But then I went, read this book on intermittent fasting, which is by John Berardi, and it's called Experiments with Intermittent Fasting. And it was fascinating. And he really goes through all of these self-experiments that he did on, on intermittent fasting and trying different styles of intermittent fasting. And we'll talk about that in a bit. But the, the number one thing I got out of it was one of the things he said at the start was that, you know, everyone should at some stage just try a 24-hour fast. Now, I don't know whether that's necessarily true because I'm really conscious about recommending fasting for people just because yeah. there are people with you know issues around food and diet and image and those sort of things who maybe fasting isn't actually a healthy thing for them to do. And we'll talk more about that, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, but having said that, for me, it was actually a really fascinating experience. Like just to go through that 24-hour period of not eating and just notice like what came up in my body. Like notice the fact that I would actually want to eat at certain times of day, not because I was hungry, but just because I'd kind of trained my body that at those times of day, that's what you do is you eat. Or there'd be other times where I'd be like thinking of eating just because I was bored. And then there'd be other times where I'd be thinking of eating because I was feeling a little bit hungry, but then I didn't eat. And then an hour later, I actually wasn't feeling hungry again. Mm. And so it was just really interesting to notice all those different things and notice how when you're in different moods and different emotions and you have different responses and to actually go, hey, guess what? When I think I'm hungry, most of the time I'm actually not. And that was a really interesting perspective for me just to get my head around that. So I found that initial 24-hour fast really fascinating, not necessarily from the actual fasting perspective, but just from the mindset perspective of like all the little tricks your mind plays on you in relation to food. I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. I know when Luke and I started um, toying with uh, intermittent fasting, Luke was actually the one who pointed out the different sensations of hunger. I don't know if he'd heard it somewhere or if he just noticed it in himself, but definitely for the both of us, if we get a really sort of right under the rib cage, quite high up, um, sharp feeling of hunger, we actually recognize that now as being a sugar craving and not actually hunger. And the later hunger that sort of comes on is quite deep, quite like 
um, Billy, like Billy grumble. Button low, it's like a low grumble, right? Yeah. And that's usually where you go, that's actually hunger. But again, for us, it's not an uh, an urgency. It's like, you know, in the next three or four hours, if you could have something to eat, that'd be kind of nice, you know, yeah. a, bit of, a bit of fat. Um, and maybe, definitely... maybe you should start hunting now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> it yeah, might take yeah. a while. It might take a little while. <laughs> um, and, and again, it's that the difference between feeling an urgency of I've got to eat now, I'm going to go absolutely bonkers versus... Yeah, it's probably time to be refueling at some point in time. And and definitely when it comes to that point in time, I'm not craving fruit or sweet stuff. I'm craving a nice, thick, decent steak and a heap of veggies. And that's for me, that's a really good thing to reset after I've had some periods of time where I've maybe had some more fruit and some sweet potato and that sort of thing and, and had a bit more carbs. If I'm finding that I'm searching for those things, I'll go back to fasting as well as a tool to help me get back on track with what I actually need to fuel my body in terms of nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, let's contrast that. We mentioned at the beginning, like eating five meals a day. Um, now, why, why are we recommending five meals a day? Do you know why I reckon we recommend five meals a day? Because I reckon when they do studies on this, and they're, always, they're usually talking about like brain function and stuff like that, I reckon. And so I think most people in our society are addicted to sugars and carbs, and so they're eating way too many sugars and carbs, which of course causes an energy spike, then followed by an energy crash, which includes like a mental crash, which, you know, your body's just going into stress response. It's not actually functioning very well. And so... If you did a study on someone who eats heaps of sugars and carbs, then you're going to say, well, yeah, like, you know, if they don't eat for this length of time, then their body actually doesn't function very well. And that makes perfect sense, right? But once again, I think they're just asking the wrong question. They're not actually studying people who are eating healthy, appropriate ratios of food. So they're getting completely different answers. Because I'm almost certain that if you study people who are more fat adapted, who are eating more of a paleo type lifestyle, then they're actually going to get completely different results if you did that exact same study. Yeah, I think the other reason they recommend five meals a day and meals in quotations because what they're actually recommending is very small portions, right? Mm. They're basically recommending five snacks a day Mm -hmm. or three meals a day, which Mm -hmm. are very different. So for weight loss, they recommend the smaller portions. They recommend portioning it out. But I think actually, in fact, um, I think it was one of my integrative nutrition lectures that mentioned it, was that people feel if they're eating five meals a day, they feel still very deprived, even if they're eating the exact same amount of food, as opposed to eating three meals a day where you can eat to satisfaction and then wait until the next meal. So um, incidentally, like the calories are the same. And if you did actually follow the exact same food in those three versus five meals, it'd be all right. Mm. But people tend to overindulge in those five meals according to the calories in, calories out philosophy and so they actually don't see the same results which i thought was interesting it's basically just because they're not eating very satiating foods they're not actually eating foods that make them feel full and that's Mm -hmm. actually the problem not how much they're eating or how often they're eating yeah yeah i know from my experience of of being told to eat the regular small meals a day the reason i was told to eat that was to stop me from being hungry and making bad food choices when i'm having a crisis of I need to eat. And now I understand that as a, as a definite blood sugar thing. It's about yeah. the spike and then the drop. So if you're having five small meals that make you spike, then of course you're going to have to place them at the point before your blood sugar starts to drop and you do something stupid. Mm. So that was definitely it for me was spacing it out before I got hungry instead of going, well, actually, what's, what is the drive for you being hungry? And I think that, that you know, just fits with your body's own intelligence. It's telling you to do something for a reason to keep you alive. Yeah. Um, whether that's actually because the environment's appropriate or not isn't always the case, right? You might be in the wrong environment creating some signals that your body's trying to keep you alive for the, the wrong reason. 
Yeah, and I reckon that ties into something else, which is that we seem to have a real strong fear of hunger in mm. our society. And so, I mean, obviously there's appropriate reasons for that. Like, you know, for Steph, if she's going to like pass out if she doesn't eat, then probably, you know, being scared of getting hungry might be a reasonable mm. thing. Or if you're like a diabetic, you need to really closely control your sugar levels, then, you know, perhaps you do have reason to be scared of getting too hungry. But for most people who are functioning okay, we seem to just have this inappropriate fear of hunger. Like, it's like because we've been so conditioned and brought up to have food readily available, and whenever we have the remotest feeling of hunger, that should be like stamped out. <laughs> you know, you've got to eat something straight away and get rid of that feeling. But actually, hunger is just like a normal, a, a, I was going to say emotion, it's not necessarily an emotion, but a normal expression of the body, just saying, hey, here's something going on. Like you said, maybe you should feel it at some stage soon. But we seem to have this sort of pathological fear of it. Like, if you start talking to people about fasting, the reactions you get from people, they're like, what? Like, not eating? What do you mean not eat? Like, for how long aren't you going to eat? Like, you, you, but you don't eat nothing, right? Like, just the, the responses of people to just the idea of fasting are kind of enlightening as to where we're at as a society, I reckon. And yeah. if you're skinny, the response is even worse. That's yeah. Very true. I say. think for a lot of people, they associate fasting with starving, and they're very, very mm. different things, right? Yeah. I think we, I, I did mean to make that clear earlier in the podcast that it's, they're very different things. Fasting is, is, not about denying your body of what it needs. It's about recognizing what it does need and feeling it appropriately. Yeah. And I mean, we can talk a little bit about this too, but exercise and fasting, if you look at from a paleo or hunter gatherer perspective, it makes sense that fasting wouldn't necessarily decrease your energy. It doesn't make you, you know, a lump (laughs) because you, if you're hungry, your body needs to use the fat in it to go out and find food. It needs to use the stored energy that you have to go out and either chase after an animal or forage for some, some food. And it's not, it doesn't make sense for us to have to eat every few hours from that perspective. It just doesn't make sense. We, this is an adaptation that we've put on ourselves over the past, what, couple hundred years. Um, it's not really something that, that actually makes sense from a practical perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should talk about some of like the different ways you can do fasting. Like, I know, Yana, you were just telling us you've had a few goes at it over the last few days. So yeah, yeah, just there. completely, completely uh, unintended. So we uh, were away on holidays doing a course in Brisbane and had to get up early in the morning and fly back. So we did a, what was that, 18 and a half hour fast, not even intending to, just because <laughs> it was easy not to eat crappy food available on planes um and then had a normal day and then a day yesterday where i had a 22 and a half hour fast again just because i we haven't haven't had the chance to get out and put the food in the house so didn't eat breakfast yesterday morning and then went to an appointment and didn't have lunch with me so i still hadn't eaten and then i didn't I, i got home and i still wasn't hungry i had been hungry throughout the day but only that background yep it within the next few hours if you could eat that'd be great um so then yeah ended up going oh i'll just wait till dinner because then i can have a really nice big feast of a meal um and then today i had to had to do some fasting so it just for me it's just sort of fit in that i i did it accidentally and i definitely think for me that's the best way to do it if i'm on a regular routine of it um some of the reading i've had suggests that don't be routine with it do it just sporadically and don't let your body know when it's coming and to me that makes sense because it kind of mimics the environment i guess in a way um the environment we would have evolved to have lived in so that's how i use it and it can be anything from 12 hours to i think the longest i've done is 26 or 28 hours and i definitely find that at about the 16 to 18 hour 
point is when I'm extremely I have so much clarity in my thinking that it's, it's really fascinating to see the way that my brain function enhances when I've had a period of time without without food, which is fascinating. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I'm the same way. I'm very much an advocate of just incidental fasting. Like we had a power outage <laughs> last month or something like that. And so, you know, I hadn't, I had actually eaten maybe a snack before work or breakfast or something with the intention of coming home and having a really nice dinner, but then the power's out and... I just decided you didn't like to go. No, I didn't. I, I, um, I just decided to go read a book by candlelight. No. So and then I went to bed. And it's so kind of paleo. I don't know about book, but you know, yeah. maybe it was like a clay tablet or something. I thought it was pretty well. Yeah. Well, I was alone. So, um, but yeah, it's just that kind of incidental thing where I didn't come home and panic mm. or like have to run down the street to the next block that had power. You know. Yeah. It yeah. was. It was just like, oh, that's not so bad. You know, I could have had some fruit or something, but I was. You know what? I'll just I'll just skip that meal. One last meal I have to cook. It's a a time saver. After. Yeah, it's definitely a time saver. You don't have to um, you don't have to cook or clean or eat. So yeah. you save the time that way. Um, mostly, pretty much the only meal I tend to skip is breakfast or maybe lunch. Like if I had a nice big breakfast, I would skip lunch. Or if I had a, you know didn't have any good food in the house, I'd just wait till lunch or that sort of thing. But it's certainly not planned and it's certainly not calculated when I do it. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm pretty much the same. I think I don't think I'm necessarily planned, although really I tend not to... There's not many days I would eat three meals a day. Like most days I'll have like a late breakfast instead of a breakfast and a lunch. And that's just... Once again, just kind of naturally started to happen. Like it's fitted in with my schedule. It just works for me. So... Um, and I've just started doing it and gone, yeah, that just works. And so I've just sort of naturally moved towards that, which which does kind of mean I end up having a bit of a fast. Like it means I'll sort of eat dinner and often I do eat dinner a little bit later um, and then maybe not eat again until like 11 o'clock, sometimes 12 o'clock the next morning. And that'll be my sort of brunch, which is usually just a late breakfast. Um, and then then have another sort of main meal at dinner. Um, but then I also tend to sort of graze in between that as well. So I just kind of, I just take it pretty freestyle. I don't really pay that much attention. So and, Brett's actually having eight meals a day? Yeah, I probably am. I snack all the time. But, and then, but yeah, and then like other times I'll be like, yeah, I'll get home and I've had a late night and I've had heaps of stuff to do and I'll just be like, oh yeah, I didn't do dinner. Oh well, I'll just like carry through to the morning and like if I'm hungry, I'll go eat something. But if I'm not hungry, I'm like, I don't have to eat. Like, there's no there's no rule here that says I have to. I'm not hungry. I can't be bothered. I'm just going to go to bed. And actually, it's probably all right, but maybe even good for my body. Yeah. See, I actually had the opposite experience in that when I when I started paleo, I really was being like, sweet, I don't have to eat as much. And then you know, it got to the point where I was eating you know some nuts throughout the day and maybe one meal, maybe not even one real meal. Mm. Like it was just to that point and. I decided that, you know, I was always cold and I didn't have that much energy and I just, it, it wasn't suiting me. Mm. And so I've been for the past few months, like forcing myself to eat three real meals a day, just because, I mean, for multiple reasons, for one, I want to make sure that, you know, my circulation and my energy levels and stuff are good, but also I just really didn't feel like I was getting enough nutrition in my diet. So for me, it was about eating a lot more, um, food just so that I could get the nutrients that I think that my body needed. And that's one of the reasons why I don't really advocate repetitive fasting all the time. 
That said, so for Ryan works offsite and, you know, has food provided for him and his breakfasts are terrible. So his choice is to either fast through breakfast and not eat a bad for you breakfast mm. or to skip it and fast. And in that situation, when you're skipping a meal that's going to be bad for you, I think that's totally appropriate and definitely important. And, and in my case, that would certainly be good. But for me, I just found it didn't work to be not eating yeah, and so it's probably worth mentioning some of the more structured ways you can go about fasting because I know, as we said before, John Berardi tries out a few of these in his book. And so, you know, some of the things he does is like, you know, eating normally for a whole week and then having one whole day where he fasts. So he would then go from, you know, let's say it's Saturday night, he'll go from dinner Saturday night right through to breakfast Monday morning and have whatever that is, a 32-hour period or whatever that is where he just doesn't eat. Um, and so he tried that, and, and it's really interesting to have a look through. If you're interested, it's really worth having a look at that. It's e-book. a free it's a, ebook. It's a free download from the Precision Nutrition website, and it's really fascinating because he documents what happened to his weight, he documents what happens to his energy, how hungry he felt, what his moods were like, all sorts of different stuff. So it's really worth having a look at. And so he tried that. So it's fasting one day a week. He also then went for a period where he fasted two days a week. So he did sort of one midweek and one on the weekend where he fasted for a whole period. Um, another one that's really quite popular is fasting for 16 hours a day. So basically just cutting down the time that you eat into a shorter time span. And that's probably similar to what I do most days now, I think, actually, but without sort of consciously trying to do that. Uh, and that seems to have some pretty good results. Like that sort of 16 hours, you know, you have an eight-hour window where you eat. Um, and really you're eating like a pretty substantial amount. Like it's not, you know, you're talking about sort of not nourishing yourself. Like when I do sit down to eat, I eat a lot. Like I'll, I'll sit down and pick out and eat and I might have a whole meal and then I might have some snacks and I'll just, you know, I'll eat until I'm full. Like I don't hold back at all in terms of how much I'm eating or what, I, well, actually no, I do hold back what I'm eating. But, <laughs> but in terms of how much I'm eating, I don't hold back at all. I'll just like go for it. And so, uh, yeah, it's just cutting it down into that sort of narrower window. And then I think he tried towards the end, he tried a couple of periods where he did a combination of both of those. So, so only eating for six, for, sorry, in an eight hour window for most days and then having a whole day where he didn't eat at all as on top of that. And then I think he did two days where he didn't eat at all and only eating. So there's a whole bunch of different combinations there. And, and he sort of goes through the pros and cons of each one and the stuff he noticed. And it's really worthwhile having a read of. Yeah, and some people will even fast for really extended periods of time as well, like a week at a time or a month at a time. And um, certainly those would definitely be individual situations and not something we're going to recommend that people do. (laughs) Um, In fact, we're not recommending that you do any of these. It's just about listening to what you want to do and what your body kind of thinks is right for it at the time. And I've got to be honest, the concept of not eating for a week or a month is just not on my radar at all. But look, I love food too much. <laughs> there's also a lot of, um, to, to be perfectly honest, I think anyone who says that they know that fasting is excellent for you or bad for you, I don't think they know what they're talking about. I think it's got to be very, very individualized. Like every person is going to react, um, I think, fairly differently. And there are certainly some um, contraindications to fasting as well. Like we know that women who are trying to get pregnant really need a certain percentage of body fat and kind of the point of fasting is to get deep down into that that fat and and burn that fat that's that's been stored on your body and so and get rid of the toxins that are exactly stored in fat too. exactly so you know someone who's trying to get pregnant really might not have any luck or, at all with or breastfeeding i would say if Absolutely. you're breastfeeding a baby you want that fat for your baby then that's yep. actually really important too mm-hmm. yeah and that makes I think sense unfortunately a lot of women who are breastfeeding just naturally do fast because they're so busy with a newborn so it's yeah. kind of unfortunate and counterproductive it's really important mm-hmm. to make sure you're getting your regular meals if there's any breastfeeding mums listening in mm. 
don't do this now. <laughs> but, but the other thing is that we know that our bodies, when we get toxins in our bodies, the safest place to store them is in our fat cells. Mm-hmm. So your body will take them up into the fat cells and just store them there because they know it, they're not really going to do anything bad there. But what happens when you fast and you're burning through those fat cells is those toxins then get released into your body and, mm-hmm. and possibly even into breast milk or, yeah, or whatever. Um, so, so you can feel really, really, really shitty on your first or first few fasts if you're burning through those toxins and to the point where it can be quite dangerous if you are burning through these toxins at a rapid rate and then your body's just flooded with toxins as well. So I think you told me one time, Yana, that if you worked, you know, if you've worked in a toxic environment, yeah, with chemicals in, in, in a great capacity, then you're at a much higher risk and should not lose weight dramatically, which I think we might've mentioned in earlier episodes when we were talking about paleo and how you tend to lean out when you're Mm -hmm. eating better food. So yeah, definitely take it with caution. If you have had a history at any point, um, in working with chemicals, it's, something you want to be very cautious for so you'd be i mean probably the first sign would be headaches i would think if you're doing that and then that to me would be a signal to hey this isn't actually an appropriate time for you to do this yeah or uh, start with some really really small ones as well yeah like not don't just yeah. give her all at once well yeah. perhaps just eat clean for a while before you actually go yeah, into the absolutely. fasting because like, i think for me that's perhaps why i didn't have those responses is because i'd actually been eating clean for quite a while before that so i think a lot of that detoxing had actually happened quite naturally mm-hmm. anyway so then going into a fast, it wasn't like it was a massive flush out and detox either. So I found but you also weren't shedding massive amounts of fat. That's true. So well, they, yeah. yeah. Well, they did lose some fat. I'm sure you did lose but, yeah. body fat, but compared but, but, to... Yeah, it wasn't large. Yeah. Was. And that's the other thing is that um, one of the theories with fasting is that if you fast, it's about caloric restriction. So mm. the idea is that when you fast, you're essentially reducing your average caloric intake. So... Um, where was I going with this? Um, help me out here, guys. I don't know. But, <laughs> so but, but I know that, uh, once again, in that Precision Nutrition book, he actually experimented with that. So he actually closely monitored his amount of calories and so discovered that it really wasn't the caloric restriction for him that was making mm-hmm. the difference. It was actually yeah, the, the actual fasting itself and how that affected his metabolism and hormones yeah. and those sort of things. So what I was going to say <laughs> is that one of the theories is that no matter what you eat when you're eating, um, the fasting will outweigh it. So essentially one of the theories with fasting is to eat whatever you want in like have binge days essentially. Mm. Um, and sounds to be honestly, that, that sounds disgusting, yeah. <laughs> but also it, I, I imagine it would sabotage your fast days. So if mm. you are all of a sudden on your binge days, spiking your blood sugar and training your body to rely on that sugar again, then you're going to suffer through those fasts. Yeah. And once again, you know, the point that we always like to make on this show is that it's not just about getting skinny, it's about getting healthy. Mm-hmm. And so if your goal is to get healthy, then, you know, I mean, that might work. In that They might still lose some weight by binging and then fasting, but there's no way that's going to be healthy for your body to be just eating horrible food that's, that's not giving you nutrition. I mean, imagine how nutritional poor you're going to be if you're not only fasting but also when you are eating eating poorly nutritional quality food Mm -hmm. then then that's just not going to be healthy for your body and so it's not about weight loss it's not about any of that stuff it's just about you know how you can actually create a healthy environment for your body and what we're saying is well maybe part of that is fasting intermittently maybe that's a quite a natural thing for our body and maybe that is actually quite healthy and normal to do that but i think as you said it's definitely a self-experimental thing it's finding out what works for you i reckon 
Yeah. And well, the other thing is that fasting can put your body under a fair amount of stress, right? So if you have conditions like adrenal fatigue, for example, um, that's going to stress out your body, like that you're trying to avoid those stressors on your body, then maybe it's not good to put yourself through um, those those pains. I'm not saying and, and not to eat when you're hungry, like just, just eat when you're hungry. And if that takes you through to that, then that's fine. But not forcing it, not forcing yourself into this, this structure is going to be really important. Well, I think that's the biggest difference between doing like incidental fast and listening to your body and saying, well, I'm actually not hungry right now and I'm feeling pretty good. So I'm happy just to keep going versus, well, every day I'm going to start at eight in the morning. I'm going to finish it, you know, whatever time at night. And it's like really structured and ruled and regimented. You know, it's a very different scenario, I think, between the two. Whereas if, if you actually do just listen to your body and, and listen to what your body's telling you, if your body tells you you're hungry, even if you had planned on doing a fast and your body's like, nah, I need to eat, you know, I legitimately need food now, then maybe you just have something to eat. But as I said before, then you also want to look at those things. Well, what is my body actually telling me? Is it that I'm hungry or is it that I'm emotional or is it that I'm, this is when I usually eat and, and pay some attention to that too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your hunger is actually a thirst. So one of the mm, things that yeah. I do make sure I do, and I don't think we've said thus far, is that it's not fasting from everything. It's still really important you drink your water. Mm. Yeah. 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 Well, and some people go through their fasts with minimal calories throughout the day yeah. as well. So I can't remember what the TV show was, but the guy did a three different kinds of fasting some of those bbc abc bbc um did one on on fasting and he was eating something like what 150 calories a day or 200 something watch it oh something like that so he was having little cup of soups in between (laughs) i know exactly right so i mean the other nice herbal tea with some lime or lemon in it that'd be all right yeah yeah it's and again if you're just listening to your body and if you're eating what your body wants then who cares if you just have like a little nibble of something or whatever bone broth would be good if you just have a little bit of something that'd be a good thing yeah coconut oil as of course i'm gonna say i find that which is a really good electrolyte mix could be just if you're just gonna have a little bit of something and you want to get some of that in might be not a bad way to go but that would be pretty sweet sweet. and sugary and it would probably sabotage (laughs) but it might sabotage the rest of your fast and make you really hungry it would for me but anyway yeah Um, so i would have coconut oil as (laughs) i do yeah (laughs) all the time So, yeah, there definitely are some differences between men and women fasting. I certainly wouldn't tell your kids to fast. Um, They're they're growing little beings. That said, it's probably good if they can wait an extra hour for dinner, right? You know, if they're they're fat adapted and they're eating paleo and they're not on a specific meal schedule either, then it's probably better for you as a parent to not have... I've got to say, with the kids, I don't do it. I do. I make sure the kids get their three square meals a day. And I don't know whether that's just an ingrained parenting Mm -hmm. thing where I'm going to feel like a bad parent if I don't but I do feel like they're, they're, they're pretty busy they're pretty active yeah they do, do like to have their routine they're hungry as well yeah they? yeah Can absolutely have absolutely so so I do I don't actually skip meals with the kids oh no I'm not I wasn't suggesting skipping meals but I'm saying like instead of having to eat at five o'clock or whatever well if, they, if they're having a crash and they're throwing tantrums and you might stop them throwing tantrums to feed them versus they're actually not having a food crisis and quite happy to continue playing with each other for a little bit longer than that's a different scenario right? yeah, yeah that's all I mean so makes it a bit easier I, I presume <laughs> what would I know 
<laughs> do you guys have anything to add before we close off this episode well i just i just thought we'd come back to i know you sound like you're going to say something before about um you know uh, eating disorders and those sort of things i do think you've got to be a little bit careful when you're recommending intermittent fasting that that you're doing it for the right reason and so i think it kind of comes back to that doing it to get healthy not to lose weight or anything like that and so I just want, yeah, I just want to make that point that it's really important that you understand why you're doing it. If you're not sure that this is the right thing for you, and and you know, if you do have those tendencies, then maybe it's not the right thing for you to be doing and doing this sort of eating protocol. So, um, yeah, just be a little bit careful there as to what your motives are for doing it. And it really should be to get healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And and we've said a few times in this episode that we really do not count calories. We do not restrict what we eat other mm-hmm. than the types of foods that we eat. We don't restrict quantities. Um, when you're eating really good quality food, we just eat as pretty much as much as you want of it and, yeah. and enjoy it and try and get lots of good fats and protein in there. And um, you should be good to go. That said, fasting will be a lot more difficult if it's the very first, you know, week that you're doing paleo. So mm. it's all about stages. And some people, you know, do paleo for quite a while and just want to take it to that next level, like maybe we've said as well. Um, but I probably wouldn't even recommend it right at the beginning of your paleo journey either. Like get your food mm. right. Don't don't use fasting as a replacement for not knowing what to cook or not yeah. being mm. prepared for a meal. Yeah. Make sure that you get your food right first and then use this as an additional tool in your toolbox. Yeah, I really think that you'll find you'll just fall into it naturally at it by accident like we've all discovered we have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. Good. It's so liberating. It's so liberating to not have to stress about what to eat and when to eat and what to bring with you because how long am I going to be out of the house for and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, yeah. So if Good. you guys were looking for hard and fast rules, you didn't get them today. <laughs> um, I'd also like to say that um, we are doing Cave Camp Oct- um, oh, October, no, May 23rd, and we will not be doing fasting at that camp. <laughs> there will be lots of delicious, delicious food there. Uh, so get yourself along to Cave Camp. Visit thatpaleoshow.com. So until next week, check us out on Facebook, share your story, and help to grow the Paleo Tribe worldwide. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.